Hello everyone, my name is James and I want to welcome you back to another episode of the Affinity Christian Ministries podcast. Today we're going to be reviewing a bunch of scripture that talks over unclean spirits, soothsaying, conjuring, wizards, and many things like it. So please grab your Bible, sit back, relax, and I hope you enjoy. Welcome back to the next part of this uh, podcast where we are dealing with uh, spirits, the dead. Uh, and now we're going to be getting on to this next section, which is unclean spirits and devils. Uh, if you had listened to the previous podcast, you would know that if you're a human, you die, you go into Sheol, aka the pit, the grave, and you stay there until the day of judgment, okay? When God resurrects you himself, okay? Um, so that being said, Let's go and get into unclean spirits and devils. And there are quite a few other uh, chapters and uh, chapters and verses from the Old Testament on this subject, but I'm saving it until the next portion, which is uh, straight out of context. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so just so we're clear, there are more verses to this about unclean spirits, devils, and familiar spirits. So we're going to start off here in the book of Isaiah, chapter 8, verses 10 through 12, and verses 19 through 20. And this is what it reads. Take counsel together, and it shall come to naught. Speak the word, and it shall not stand, for God is with us. For the word, for the Lord spake thus to me with a strong hand, and instructed me that I should not walk in the way of this people. Say ye not a confederacy to all them to whom this people shall say a confederacy. Neither fear ye they fear their fear, for nor be afraid. And when they shall say unto you, Seek unto them that have familiar spirits, and unto wizards that peep and that mutter. Should not a people seek unto their God? For the living to the dead, to the law, to the testimony, if they speak not according to his word, and when they shall say unto him, unto you, seek unto them that have familiar spirits, and unto wizards that peep and mutter. Should not a people seek unto their God? For the living to the dead, to the law, and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. So next set of verses here. So this was about familiar spirits. Do not seek familiar spirits, folks. Do not seek people that are trying to contact the dead or uh, are trying to uh, be one (laughs) with this spirit realm. Okay. If you're dead, you're dead. These familiar spirits that are walking around, they are demons, they are devils. They are here to deceive you. So now we're going to get into the book of Matthew chapter 12, verses 43 through 45. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest, and findeth none. Then he saith, I will return into my house from whence I came out. And when it and when he is come, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. Then he goeth and taketh with himself seven other spirits, more wicked than himself. And they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Even so shall it be unto this wicked generation." Dad, was there something you wanted to add on? Well, I was going to say, um, you know, just before the in the verses in Isaiah uh, that you had read there before, as you mentioned, um, we're being warned, right? We're being warned, do not walk in the way of this people seeking familiar spirits. Because, first of all, there, there's going to be several references to that, but you're contacting the wicked, not the loved, as much as you would want to. Um and even when it talks about the Bible here in Matthew, as mentioned, Mason, uh, Mason mentioned, is this unclean spirit going out of man. Um, so the Bible tells you that this is the case. And, 
you know, for, for some people today, it might be hard for you to imagine, you know, if even as a Christian, you're like, I don't know, spirits, devils, demons seems a little heavy for me or whatever. Listen, if you believe in God, then you believe in the supernatural. God is supernatural. If you believe in God, then you believe in the Bible that it is true and what you're reading is true. So don't discredit the scripture because your brain does not have the capacity to understand certain components because whether you believe or not, whether you understand or not, doesn't change the facts of the scripture. And I think people get distracted by what Hollywood tells them demons and all that stuff is. Oh, no, it is imagine this for a moment. You know, anytime you're listening to these podcasts, if it if you're like, wow, I learned that for the first time. I mean, this is how often, or 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 something is complete. You've learned completely opposite of the Bible, and now for the first time, your eyes are being opened. That is how much of the world you've been getting poured into your skull day after day after day after day, be, be, to the point in which you believe the lies that the world is teaching, and then your Bible then all of a sudden seems odd. No, if you read your Bible as much as you watched your TV, as much as you watched your football games, as much as you watched and did everything else. Man, the word of God would be so ingrained in you that, you know, someone could fart wrong and you would know it because <laughs> the Bible identifies it over here and, you know, this verse and chapter, so to speak. So, um, once you, so anyways, getting back to that, as you read and you talk about these unclean spirits, and this one was right. Um, right. And in, in the book of Matthew that I just read, it's actually talking about when, uh, when you have a unclean spirit cast out of you, you know, the inside of you is clean and swept out. But if you go, searching in dry places, which is the places that are not of God, those spirits are going to come back sevenfold. Okay. That means they're going to bring friends. If you return back to your life ever be, after being delivered from an unclean spirit and you do not search after God after that, you will fall back into your old ways much harder. Well, well that, and also too, you understand. Um, okay. So if you had a vacant home, uh, being an insurance agent by day, I can tell you vacant homes are things that uh, uh, carriers really don't want to insure very often. There's a few out there that will. And the reason being is, is a vacant home is a great place for someone to do criminal activity, whether they're ripping the copper or wire out of the house, right, with pipes or wire, um, or whether they're squatters sneaking in or whether it, they turn into a drug house. My point is, is that void, right, the lack of someone dwelling inside, then lets everything unwanted come inside. Okay. And this is, this verse is also talking the same thing. You could be an unsafe person. You could be a person with this evil, if you will, evil spirit within you, living and dwelling within you. And you could come to the Lord. You can, you can get yourself in front of the right person, laying hands on you, praying and get you delivered from that. But if you continue to just say, well, okay, well, that's gone. Good. I can tell you that nice, clean, big, empty void that was emptied out then now is going to look like a perfect place for seven others to come in and fill it. It's got to get filled with something. And it would be with the Holy Spirit is what you fill it with. In other words, you keep reading your scripture, and this is the friends of ours that were dealing with the the, the, the evil spirits and the demonic spirits. Uh, recently, I can tell you that's the first thing we said is, you know, what are you watching on TV? How much of your Bible do you even know, right? Read, 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 get in the word of God. Because when you do that, you're beginning to fill that void, right? And you're going to get stronger in the word. That's going to help you out. Number one, not even short term, but also long term. So continue to dump the, the good of the Bible in to push and wash out really the world and the devil that has her. I mean, that's what the world is trying to do to you in case you haven't figured it out is they're dumping their ways on you through your television, TV, internet, whatever, continually. And they're literally trying to 
dilute and wash God out of you, but pour in what it is they want you to do, right? Just, out of the entire world, really. Yeah, 100%. So if you're a Christian at all, you should know that you've got to counter that. And quite frankly, you're not going to get it for one hour on a Sunday going to church. You just won't. You need far more that you cannot have six and three quarter days because no one at this point is keeping the entire Sunday for God. It's like they go to church and then boom, they're back to life. And it's it's understandable. People are busy and stuff like that. But if you have six and three quarter days of the world, your job and everything else that's not God being poured into you, what? chance are you going to have? What chance are you giving yourself, right? So pour the cleanness, the clean spirits in you, the Holy Spirit in you. That's what you want to do. And you do that by drawing closer to God through prayer and worship and being in church, being involved in small groups, doing Bible studies and things like that. Uh, James? And like most of the other things that we have talked about and read about and, and you guys have preached about, it's if it's in the Bible, it's in the Bible for a reason. Would you guys agree? Always. And especially, there are... Especially if it's mentioned more than more two than, times. Yeah, yeah, right. There is mention multiple times of evil spirits inhabiting men in the Bible. Evil spirits being cast out by Jesus in the Bible. Not, not as a parable, but because it is a reality, unfortunately. It is. And he demonstrated it time and time yes. again. And, and, and we can get into those examples. Um, I have a bookmarked in my Bible because it's very strong on, on what they say to him, uh, what, they, what the demons say to Jesus and how they react to him. I never thought when I first became a Christian that the devils were real. Maybe, maybe it was a parable in itself that I have my own devils and my own demons that, that cause me to, to do wrong or to think wrong. But in reality, there are now not every single person has a demon attached to them. Would you guys? Oh, correct. Correct. Yeah. I mean, you know, to, to, to identify that, you know, is, is going to be uh, really got to get down. You got to understand the persons, what they've been involved in, what's going on, um, and really look at almost like a history of their path of where they've been and to kind of determine that. Because quite frankly, there's a lot of stupid people that make stupid choices. We can't always say, oh, it's just an evil spirit. <laughs> that's, yeah, right. that's the dumb spirit. There it is. I saw it. Um, right. and, and, and even if you are, even if there is an evil spirit attached to you, they can't make you do anything. It's you are still going along with but it, but they're I mean, able to they're able to t- torment your mind, right? And there does come to a point when you can become so infested with these things to where they can take control to a certain point. But again, like leading up until that, you can't use you can't say like, oh, these demons made me do it. These demons made me do it. Well, and it also depends, you know, whether or not you're a Christian or not. Because if if you are a Christian, no, they're not going to enter your vessel. Um, well, if you are an unsaved uh-huh. person and worshiping the devil. You, you can easily be taken because, well, well, let's just put it this way. Jesus cast an unclean spirit out of a person, cast a legion out of a person. And like you said, right? the they, were, they weren't on them. The well, they were in them. I know, I know. But what I was saying is that even when you are saved, you can be, you're still subjected to spiritual warfare. With oh, these things. oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's just, it's a different aspect of it. Again, being filled with the Holy Spirit, you're not going to be filled with a demonic spirit, period. Right, right. Um, I, if you're truly filled with the Holy that. Spirit. Um, it's when... You're an empty vessel. That's why that, that that verse in Matthew says, here's this empty vessel, right? Empty of God, no Holy Spirit in this man. And now seven more evil spirits will return to him. Is like, oh, look at this healthy household. It's like, a, dive it's, into. it's like attacking a castle with a Trojan horse or attacking a castle that has really, really big gates. 
having almost like in the Bible, it says the the breastplate and the helmet of, of God and all that right, kind of stuff. Whole, and I'm pretty sure we're going to get into that. Right. Um, Ephesians chapter six, verses 10 through 18. Yeah. Um, but, you know, with the Trojan horse, you can walk that thing right in and attack everybody inside and they would think it's a gift. Right. But if you're if you're if you're of the Holy Spirit, you're able to defend yourself from these you know, demonic entities. Absolutely. And then if we look in Mark uh, 1, 23 through 27, here's another time where, you know, an unclean spirit is being cast out. And it says, and there was in the synagogue, a man with an unclean spirit. And he cried out saying, let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? So this, this unclean spirit knows who Jesus is. Let's, let's not forget that. Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy one of God. And Jesus rebuked him saying, Hold, hold thy peace and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had torn him and cried with a loud voice, he came out of him. And they were all amazed. So this was witnessed before other people, right, that are not Christian people, in so much that they questioned among themselves, saying, what, what thing is this? What doctrine is this? For with authority it commandeth even, even unclean spirits, and they, they'd obeyed him. So Dear, they think that Jesus is some sort of a sorcerer, you know, if you will, that these unclean spirits left this man and listened and obeyed Christ. They they totally missed the boat and realized, like, no, like, this is what you do as a Christian, you know, as a Christ follower. And here is Jesus Christ demonstrating the power that we are shown and, and told that we have to do the same thing for other people. Well, these people here have probably been in such a dark place for such a long time that anything good that shines light in their community, they don't know what that is. No, and obviously they needed needed to see, and it was important. It's part of the the process of these miraculous things that Jesus did in front of people. First of all, think about how powerful it is. Here we are, how many thousands of years later, and we're preaching and teaching on this. That's the impact why he did Mm-hmm. what he did time and time again in front of other people, not in some back room, in some close place. It was witnessed to the point in which it is carried throughout the entire world at this point and, and will continue to do so. Uh, Mark chapter 5, verse 2 through 13. And when he was come out of the ship immediately, there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs and no man could bind him. No, not with chains. Because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces. Neither could any man tame him, and always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus far off, he ran and worshipped him, and cried with a loud voice, and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God, that thou torment me not. For he said unto them, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit, and he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was there there nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding, and all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea, and were choked in the sea. So let, let's go ahead and reiterate. I, I mean, I should let, let's say let's clarify what was said here. So, again, this man who had, uh, from what we can see, with about two thousand evil spirits, because it was cast into uh, these uh, these swine. And right here we have in sub quotations here in uh, verse thirteen, 
they were about 2,000 of this herd of swine, right? So this man infested with unclean evil spirits. And again, I want to clarify something here because this is where a lot of people try to justify talking to unclean spirits, right? Where Jesus asks him, what is thy name? Right? Verse nine. Yes. And he asked him, what is thy name? And he answered saying, my name is Legion for we are many. So again, my name is Legion. So we are many. So again, like this is, he's still talking to the man though. Right. And the man is referring to the other demons inside of him as part of him. Yeah. Yeah. As part of himself. Like, yeah, I, I call myself Legion for we are many. He's still referring to these things as parts of him. See now what people take do is that they actually take this verse out of context and say, it's okay to talk to Mm, demons and to ask their name. And that is dangerous. You do not want to even acknowledge these things. Mm. Okay. And again, you're not Jesus. And this is the only mention in the entire Bible that Jesus even asked someone their name. And again, he's not asking the demon's name. He's asking the man his name. Okay. So let me be very clear with that. I never saw it like that. That's pretty cool. Right. So guys, when you are committing or uh, trying to do spiritual warfare and combat these things, do not even acknowledge them. Do not ask them in their name. You command them to leave in the name, the blood of Jesus and nothing else. There is no spirit. There is no rituals you have to do. There is no salt spreading, no sage burning. It is the power and blood of Jesus and his name that terrifies these things and puts them out and puts them in their place. And it makes sense because someone could say, well, that's really easy. How could it be so easy? But at the same exact time, your sins are forgiven through the blood and the body of Jesus Christ that was sacrificed for us. And someone can at that point say, well, that's kind of easy just to ask for forgiveness. Obviously, it's a lot longer a journey to ask for forgiveness and to become pure at heart and become righteous. But in essence, just just it is, in essence, just simple. <laughs> well, that's just it, too. It's funny, you know, here at churches and different things, right? We see people pray these fancy, long prayers, this and that. And even for healing, we, we see these, you know, wonderfully long, some are just excellent sounding prayer, really better than, um, about us, prayer than what I could, better than what I could do, you know. Um, but I always lean back to being a Christ follower. And I think like, you know what? Jesus didn't pray when it came to healing. He, he commanded healing, sometimes through touch, sometimes through words. Rise up, take your bed, and go. You know, um, and, and you and you see these things, and you go, "Wow, Jesus just spoke it, and it happened." And He told us we have that same authority if we have that faith to do so. That we speak it, we command it. We have authority over evil spirits. Period. Now, we also know that you better be tip top shape spiritually if you're going to mess with that as well, because uh, a weak vessel. If you don't know how to throw the unclean spirits into some pigs, you shouldn't be throwing them anywhere. (laughs) Well, that's just it. And, and, and the question is, will you stand against? Because there's no doubt that other side is, is, has a power and powerful too. So you stand on, no, no, this, you stand on the name of Jesus Christ, period. That is your salvation. And that's where your strength is not in yourself, not anything else. Just know your Bible well. You quote scripture, use the name of Jesus. And that's, that's your job. That's your way out. This, you need nothing else. Come out of that person. You know, if you were, if you were working on that, I, I command in the name of Jesus Christ, because that's where the power lies in, not in yourself, but simple stuff. So again, command it. Right, you don't necessarily have to pray for it. You can pray for someone; that's great. But being able to lay a hand on them and command is far more powerful, in my opinion. Um, I didn't finish. Oh, so yeah. let me go ahead. I'm going to go and take um, 
<clears throat> take charge here again. So the next set of verses we are going to read is from Luke chapter 11, verses 24 through 26. And this is a reiteration of the uh, previous passages that we read in Matthew a little while ago. So this reads, uh, this is what it reads. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest and finding none. He saith, I will return unto my house whence I came out. And when he cometh, he findeth it swept and garnished. Then he then goeth he and take to him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there. And the last day of that man is worse than the first. So again, this is just a reiteration from the uh, Matthew passage that we read. So we've already covered that. So let's continue. Second Corinthians chapter ten verses three through four. For we walk in the flesh; we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Okay, so this is talking about spiritual warfare, folks. Your Our war is not against flesh and blood, okay? Uh, now, to add on top of this verse, besides casting demons out and, and sending them away in the name and blood of Jesus Christ, you also need to prepare yourself and read Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18, by putting on the whole armor of God. That is a very powerful passage. And if you you can do a whole entire study out of it, you I, I, I swear you can, I'm sorry, I don't swear, but um, I promise that you can do an entire sermon just on that passage uh, on the whole armor of God. So uh, you guys can read that for yourselves. We're not going to spend too much time on that. We're going to try to get going here. So well, yeah, wait a minute, James, go ahead and read that Ephesians 6. Uh, what is it, 12 through 13? Yes, so 11 says, Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against the flesh and the blood, but against the principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. So, it, it again, it reiterates even in more depth again, you know, you can see someone behaving in a certain way, a, sp- a leader in this world, whatever. And you might be thinking, well, that person, this person. But the reality is, is that verse is telling you right there, you're wrestling, you're wrestling against really the darkness that is really controlling this wickedness that is controlling. And the devil is use, he uses it wonderfully. Um, again, just again, we'll, we'll, um, um, normalize sin to the point where it's now being pushed upon others who would otherwise not even want to partake, right? We see that throughout our government, through our laws and all those pieces. So again, keep that in mind. The darkness is spoken time and time again. It's the supernatural. It's the devil. He's the king of this world right now. And he is working fast, right? He says he has but a short time. Mm-hmm. He knows it. And he's working quickly to gather and, all the souls. And he's again. actually the God of this world. Correct. Just like Jesus said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. So now we are going to end with the last passage that I have here for this section, and then we're going to get it to the straight out of context uh, verses. So, <laughs> so uh, I absolutely love this one. It's right not here. easy being cheesy. Yeah, right. I absolutely exactly. love this. Go ahead. So First uh, Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats, which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them, which believe and know the truth. Listen, folks, um, that that goes great with uh, our our teaching also on the um, 
you've been misled because you're unread. Uh, that's coming out because the reality is, is what that's really speaking of is all the religion that is around that everyone wants to use in their hocus pocus, if you will. And, and within the Christian community and, and outside of that as well, um, that people are lost into this, all these things that God did not create God did not set forth. God did not put in as a rule and people live by these rules, which end up being man-made over here, you know, do the hokey pokey, you know, and you go into this church or, you know, do this motion, this motion, this motion, and there you go. Now you're holy or, you know, let's just do communion every day. That'll just save you. You know what I mean? Whatever it is, there's all this fancy stuff going on that has nothing to do with the Bible. And that's really what this is about at the end of the day. It's you're, you're departing from your faith. You're departing from your word. You got these seducing spirits around you, seducing church leaders to approve things like gay marriage, right? That is against the Bible. And you've heard that if you heard our previous podcasts on marriage and things, um, on there, um, abstaining from meats. You hear this with certain religious sects that are, that are, you know, saying, well, you can't eat this. You can't eat that. Well, if you're a Christian, you understand that the word of God says you, you are to uh, consume these things and it's all to be taken with thanksgiving, right? It's a gift from God. So as we see that, that's, again, it's not a God rule. Jesus said that very plainly. Right. One other thing that I like to add is um, in James, huh, ironic, James 2.19. Um, we're talking about all these devils and, and God and really questions came to my mind of, you know, who do devils praise and worship and who, who, what do devils believe? And it says here, once again, James 2, 19, thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well, the devils also believe and tremble. So through the word and the blood of Jesus Christ, they tremble. That is why right now, you know, I think it was, it was probably well over 68 countries by now, mentioning the name of Jesus Christ will get you put to death on the spot. And the reason being is, is there's power in the name of Jesus, 100%. And, uh, you know, we had mentioned a little bit about, you know, the, the Jews and the Christians, some Christians that are trying to live closer to like a Jewish lifestyle, this and that. You know, let me just help you out a little bit with that. You you cannot serve two masters. Um, you are either going to, you're either a Christian and you're a follower of Christ or you're not. Um, if you want to waver in between that, you're already screwing yourself left and right. Because the reality is, is um, unless you're a quote unquote Jew that believes in Jesus Christ, right? Um, and when I say Jew, I, I could care less where you come from in this world. If you're a person who believes in Jesus, you can't believe in Jesus and then believe in things that counter the belief in Jesus. Um, the Jews, um, as a, as a, as a, as a belief system, if you will, missed the Messiah. They still don't think the, they still think the Messiah is coming for the first time, if you will, has never been here. Uh, hence the reason why Jesus was put to death. You would think that that would have been all shaken out and figured out, especially after resurrection and such. But, um, unfortunately, there's still be that division, but that's also part of Bible. Uh, teaching and Bible prophecy. There's going to be those that refuse to deal with it, and to this day is so. Um, and there's a lot of connection between really the Jews and what's going on uh, today as well. I mean, we talk about the third temple. It's just, as Christians, you're looking at a third temple being built, completely different reasons from what the Jews are looking for to be built and such like that. Um, but, um, okay, I think that wraps this. Uh, let me, uh, James, nope. I think James had one more nope. thing to add. You had mentioned something of two masters. And I had something here in first Corinthians 10, 20 through 22 uh, on the topic of 
the holy God and of devils, saying, But I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. And I would not that ye should have fellowship with devils. Ye cannot drink of the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. Ye cannot be partakers of the Lord's table of the Lord's table and of the table of the devils. Exactly. So he's telling you right there, you you can't begin to blend the two and mix the two. Um, the reality is, is either you're you're you've got your Bible and there it is, and you're if you're a Christian, you can't be a Christian and then believe part of your Bible, some of your Bible, or twist your Bible uh, to fit your own narrative or eliminate things from the Bible that make you feel uncomfortable um, and and all that sort of stuff. Listen, the the Bible is enough. It has everything you need. Your answers are there. Um, if you read it enough, you would already know that. Um, and that's just it. Is is time and time again, you'll find that. It just falls on on people who don't read the scripture, um, and then they're easily moved and swayed from one direction to the another, and to start following these persons or those persons or whatever the right. case is. Right. So, in closing for this section, just remember, folks, that the spirits that are walking this earth that people make contact with are devils, demons, unclean spirits, and familiar spirits. They are not to be messed with. Do not contact them. People that tell you that it's okay are either of the devil or they are completely ignorant of the word of God. You know, and and I and James, you can have a verse. Go ahead and read it. Yeah, I was going to say, and really to, to show where these devils and these demons will end up in Revelation is in Revelation 20.10. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone. That the devil and the followers of the devil that can torment Christians all they want, they will, in the end times, be thrown into the lake of fire, and you will be given your justice to those that, that have been attacked. Because I'm pretty sure someone listening to this podcast has been attacked or has felt that unclean spirit, and they need to realize that after it is rid of you, be strong and be holy, but it will go away and be cast into ever damnation. And, you know, one group of verses that I'm actually um, would like to cover on this also is the verses that talk about necromancers. Okay. I got that later. Is that later? Okay. Yeah. Um, that would be a great, especially as you're talking about the unclean spirits, as you contact those, you know, you talk about necromancers, we're talking about fortune tellers, soothsayers, all that sort of stuff. Um, you're dealing with demonic evil spirits, not someone who's happy, healthy, and just wants to help you out. You understand um, you turn to your scripture for that. So I'd like to point out some other passages here, and some of them are going to be very powerful. Um, this one's this one's pretty simple, but it under, you understand that you're talking about being defiled by uh, these spirits and seeking them. So this is Leviticus uh, 19, verse 31. Regard not them that have that have familiar spirits, neither seek after wizards to be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. So it's a small mention. Again, in, even back in biblical time, they were seeking wizards and fortune tellers and different things. And Days of Moses. People, people speaking of familiar spirits. It's a real deal. So since the beginning of time, people have known about those. And, and when you're saying wizards, you're not talking like, do you think in the in that day there were people that did that, there, or was yes. it like a magic show? We're, we're talking no, we're no, talking like true, people. S- true, true wizardry, not not a trick, not a sleight of hand. Yeah. We're talking about those who worked with those familiar and evil spirits. Because remember, yeah. 
when when you had uh, Moses and Pharaoh and all that, and we talk about the different plagues, and, and Pharaoh had his own wizards that right there. That made a snake out of a that stick. That made a snake and, and boom, laid it down. And then, of course, it was Moses's that ate the others, yeah. right, when he did it. So, yes, there was literally wizardry in, in the terms of true spirit work of the devil that yeah. was going so on. So the devil gave them the power. We're, yeah, yes, we're, we're yes. talking like tapping into dark. The supernatural. Yeah, yep. like dark, like very dark magic. We're talking like blood sacrifices, blood rituals, sex magic, things that even uh, more modernly, Aliester Crowley, who is <laughs> who a lot of people who actually study Aliester or, or looked into Aliester Crowley, he was a dark magician. He was a 33rd degree Freemason. The guy was so decorated in Freemasonry that they said his medals could have weighed down an elephant. Wow. He was one of the most intelligent men probably to have ever walked the earth. There's stories of him playing 20 different chess masters at once and winning every over 20 different chess masters at once and winning every single match. Wow. He, uh, but this guy was tapped into something else deep. Yeah. He, he performed a, uh, a, a ritual called the Amalantra workings. Mm-hmm. In which he was able to get a demon to physically manifest, in which he called Lom, and he uh, he illustrated what Lom looked like, and Lom looked like what we would say is a gray alien, huge elongated skull, human-like features in the face. It was um, something it was, else. It was very very dark. Hmm. Well, and and again, so in the Old Testament, um, as well as the New Testament, we see. These spirits and and soothsayers and necromancers, this is all just you know older terms to common day things we see today. Whether you got astrologers and you know tell you your your fortune and or you know again try to reach out to I'm a rat spirit of a loved one (laughs) or whatever, right? So in Acts uh, chapter sixteen verses sixteen, and it came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters uh, much gain by soothsaying. So this is a woman who's possessed, right, and has this spiritual demon inside her that's possessed one that is divination, that can essentially talk to other spirits and other things, right? So you can do fortune telling, if you will, can contact those and might know things. That'll blow your mind. Like, how do they know this? It must be real. Well, again, it's not of God. It's of the devil. And then it says the same followed Paul. And mind you, her masters, in other words, she had some gentlemen pimping her out, if you will, because they knew she had this devil in her. She, they knew she had this spirit of divination. They were making money from this. Okay, no different than people make money from it today. And it says, the same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, these men are the servants of the Most High God, which show us, uh, show unto us the way of salvation. And this did uh, she many days. So she knew who they were. Okay, but Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he, uh, he came out of her in the same hour. So, uh, and when her master saw that the hope and the gains were gone, because now she can't do what she was doing before mm-hmm, to make mm-hmm, that money, mm-hmm. they're ticked. And they, they basically were not arrested, but caught Paul and Silas, took them into the marketplace under the rulers. And ultimately they're beaten for this, right? So it goes on further and they're beaten for this because literally these guys just had their money bag just taken from them essentially because now he cast out this evil divination spirit out of her and now she's back to normal, if you will. And these guys are upset. Like you just ruined my gig, man. Yeah. You know, we're right. going to find another chick to possess. You know? And that's <laughs> another good example of casting the demon out 
with the name of Jesus Christ. You don't have to do any tying it down or nothing crazy or wicked. You yeah, just need name to name of Jesus Christ. Yes. Plain and simple. It, is, it really is that simple. So before we go on, James, um, I'm going to go elaborate a little bit more on the dark magic stuff of ancient studies. And then if you could just tie those in together mm-hmm. from what I, my little rant before, um, so going more into dark magic and all this other stuff, the line between magic and science is almost non-existent. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you actually look into some of these hieroglyphic hi- hieroglyphics and legends of the gods and what they are able, what they are capable of doing, it really is advanced sciences that they were actually uh, witnessing, witnessing, and hmm. also and also um, engaging in. But it's also had a dark undertone to it. Uh, and again, I know that a lot of people out here who are, you know, uh, you know like, oh, wow, magic, and it's real. Like, Listen, energy is multidimensional. Mm-hmm. If you put energy into something, it is traveling and communicating through all dimensional existence. And if you have it to the point of where you are trying to get that energy to communicate to the hellish dimensions or the dimensions of the demon of demons and devils mm-hmm. you can make contact with them and you can draw them into this one hmm. that's all i'm going to say so again the lines between magic and science is almost non-existent uh and again like some of the things that we read in the bible where uh where again in ancient legends where these gods were able to do these incredible feats there's actually a scientific explanation to a lot of this and even you know, the description of angels and Jacob's ladder. These are terms that quantum physicists are familiar with, with the mm-hmm. folding of the space time continuum. So we're seeing that a lot of the supernatural, as our technology is getting greater, understanding of science is getting greater, we're starting to realize that the supernatural in and of itself is very scientific. Yeah, no, exactly. And to the point you said before, if you leave your front door open, you're inviting thieves in. Exactly. So if you, if you, enter into that realm of and you're trying to possess demons and devils and you're trying to bring them forth you're inviting them in so why wouldn't they come in it's it's a good point and it's a good analogy there of of leaving your front door open you got to be strong and lock your doors you know what i mean (laughs) exactly so um so we're going to go and continue um with some more of these passages about unclean spirits uh in second kings chapter 21 verse 6 and he made his sons pass through the fire and observed times and used enchantments and dwe- and dealt with familiar spirits and wizards. He wrought much wickedness in the sight of the Lord and provoked him to anger. So again, is God is not, not something. Yeah, God is not pleased with it. Do not mess. Do not think that you're doing something great or wonderful and don't let anyone else fool you with it. Again, we're giving you so much scripture here. Um, if you, you fall back uh, from that, it's on you. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verses 12 through 52. I'm not going to read the entire uh, the entirety of this uh, chapter, but I'm going to go ahead and just read enough to get you guys a good understanding of how God feels about this. <clears throat> so the Lord alone did lead him, and there was no strange God with him. He made him ride on the high places of the earth that he might eat the increase of the fields. And he made them to suck honey out of the rock and oil out of the flinty rock, butter of kind, milk of sheep with fat of lambs and rams of <clears throat> rams of the breed of Bashan and goats with the fat of kidneys of wheat. And thou didst drink the pure blood of the grape. But Jeshurun waxed fat and kicked. Thou art waxen fat. Thou art grown thick. Thou art covered with fatness. And he forsook 
Then he forsook God, which made him, and lightly esteemed the rock of his salvation. They provoked him to jealousy with strange gods. With abominations provoked they him to anger. They sacrificed unto devils and not to God, to gods whom they knew not, to new gods that came newly up, whom your fathers feared not. Of the rock that begat thee, that art unmindful, and hast forgotten God that formed thee. And when the Lord saw it, it, he abhorred them. Because of the provoking of his sons and of his daughters. And he said, I will hide my face from them. I will see what their end shall be, for they are a very froward generation. Children in whom is no faith. They have moved me to jealousy, that which is not God. They have provoked me to anger with their vanities, and I will move them to jealousy with those which are not a people. I provoke them to anger with a foolish nation, for fire is kindled in mine anger, and shall burn unto the lowest hell, and shall consume the earth with their with her increase, and set on fire the foundations of the mountains. I will heap mischiefs upon them. I will send mine arrows upon them. They shall be burnt with hunger, and devoured with burning heat, and with bitter destruction. I will also send the teeth of beasts upon them with the poison of serpents of the dust the sword without terror within shall destroy both the young man and the virgin the suckling also with the man of gray hairs i said i would scatter them into corners i would make the remembrance of them to cease from among men were it not that i feared the wrath of the enemy that their lest their adversaries should behave themselves strangely and lest that they should say our hand is high and the lord hath not done all this for they are a nation of void of counsel neither is there any understanding in them oh that they were wise they that they understood this that they would consider their latter end how should one chase a thousand and put ten thousand to flight except their rock had sold them and the lord had shut them up for the rock is not our rock even our enemies themselves being judges For their vine is of the vine of Sodom and the fields of Gomorrah. Their grapes are grapes of gall. Their clusters are bitter. Their wine is poison of dragons and the cruel venom of asps. Is not laid, is this not laid up in store with me and sealed up amongst my treasures? To me belongeth vengeance and recompense. Their foot shall slide in due time for the day that their calamity is at hand, and the things that shall come upon them make haste. For the Lord shall judge his people and repent himself of this for his servants, which seeth that their power is gone, and there is none shut up or left. I'm going to go ahead and stop there. So, guys, I'm pretty sure you get the idea here. Wow. Uh, Deuteronomy 18.10-12. through 12. And it says, There shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or daughter to pass through the fire, or that use divination, or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. Oh, wow. For all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out before thee. So it is black and white. We just read it. It's an abomination to the Lord. We've we've got so many verses, so please... If you're a person out there and you've been messing with this, is understand it ain't been doing you any good. It's been damning you. Um, stay away from it. Those things that God says an abomination, you certainly want to steer clear from at all times. Um, so um, real quick, when it says do not pass through fire, what does that mean in particular? 
so there's two components to that. Um, people used to use fire um, as a way to reaching another spiritual level, if you will, whether it be uh, burning part of themselves or walking on fire, mm. uh, things like that. Um, and it, it improved a certain another spiritual level. Um, but what, you know, fire is used to purify as well. So some would be burnt to a certain point um, to purify them, you know, if you will. Uh, but it also was sacrificial, passing through the fire, meaning, well, we're going to sacrifice this person or this child or whatever. And uh, certainly in um, the Old Testament, that was happening often. A lot of children were used as burnt sacrifices. Again, that is, that is you know, demonic, it's evil things. Um, and it's not something obviously you should you should partake. And then you go in. and then you go forward into the New Testament where Jesus talks about what, what will happen to you if you offend or, or corrupt a child. Yep. You, you know, and, and that children are sacred because they are, they're, they're. And make no mistake, just as much as there was back in biblical time, there are still people that sacrifice children today. Um, and, and not even in the, even in the same format, let alone other ones. Um, today it's, it's gotten worse. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of the child, uh, child trafficking rings that are you know, selling children for uh, you know sex and different things, and it's really just a, a different cult all in itself. Right, but, and, and abortions but, in, in of themselves are, com- are completing demonic doctrine. Hmm. Abortion started with the worship of the ancient gods, which are literal demons, okay, mm-hmm. that used to walk in the flesh before the flood and also mm-hmm. after the flood. But this the abortion is completely demonic. The child mm-hmm. sacrificing is still going on to this day. We have uh, what a one million over one million children a year, one million year. unborn. Yeah, a year in the United States alone mm-hmm. are aborted. Wow! And it's for profit. Yeah, no, it, it's definitely terrible. But then the next thing that we're going to be talking about here is something that I love. The title of is straight out of context. I really hope you enjoyed this latest episode of the Affinity Christian Ministries podcast. If you have any other questions on this topic, please feel free to send us an email. One last thing before I go is I want to thank everyone that supports this ministry. We couldn't do it without you and your gracious donations. Help us spread the gospel across the world. If God has laid it upon your heart to donate, you can do so at our website or through our mobile app. I once again want to thank you for stopping in today. This is James, signing off.